Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. That's Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie going out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by our friend, the Blues Insider for the Athletic. He is the one and only Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on the show. Jeremy, we appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? Good, guys. How you guys doing? Uh, doing all right. So you had a very busy weekend with all the exit interviews for the Blues. I'm going to ask you a big picture question here, Jr. to start things off. What was your yep. biggest takeaway from those conversations with the players, Baruby and Doug Armstrong? that they weren't a team. And I think we all knew that we talked about it. We wrote about it. Uh, but listening to, uh, Doug Armstrong, Craig Bruby, and uh, several of the players, especially Justin Falk and Braden Shen, this just wasn't a team. And I think that, uh, the one thing you touch on early on in the year is that a couple young guys got paid and this is not to put the onus on Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. But I think uh, we all know that there were some issues within the locker room, about young guys getting paid maybe before uh, at least one of them, Jordan Cairo, who wasn't on that Stanley Cup team, paid his dues. And I think with the play early on from Cairo, that became an issue. And I think uh, Craig Bruby touched on it. That Winnipeg game was a tough game for the team. They didn't go out and try to win the game in the third period. And then, of course, the eight-game losing streak followed after that. And then everything just kind of fell apart. So, uh, to me, you look back at everything everybody said, and they confirmed, they acknowledged, they underlined that they were not a team last year. Jerry, with that being said, I mean, you've been covering this Blues team since the mid-2000s, and, I mean, you go back, and it was the Chris Prongers and the Al McKennesses and then the Keith Kachucks and then the David Backus and the Barrett Jackmans and the Steens and the Petros, and now you've got a locker room that still has some of those guys like Braden Shannon and Colton Pareko, but this seems a lot more difficult to get the quote-unquote culture back than just saying we got to be better. Yeah, it is tough. Thanks for reminding me how many players I covered over the uh, years. You've had there, a lot but... of them, Jr. Even Peter <laughs> Chianic. Oh my goodness, number twenty-six. There so it, it was a uh, it was a situation I think where maybe the past ten years the Blues have had a lot of this success. Alex, uh, some of the names that you mentioned there, some of the ones you didn't, you know, veteran guys that carried that culture from the Barrett Jackmans and the Alexander Steens, and I think it just uh, it, it went on year after year. I think this year, and it's easy to say because the team didn't make the playoffs, and now we're talking about them not being a, a team within the locker room. I think it's easy to say this, uh, but it's just not picked up on by some of the players on the team. And if you look at this group, you're leaning on those guys. Like the young guys that we're talking about, have they picked up on it yet? These are the guys who you need to score 35, 40 goals. And so it's one thing if they're third and fourth liners and they're playing underneath the Braden Chens and the Ryan O'Reilly's and, and those guys, okay, well, we're going to drag them along, and eventually they're going to get it. 
Well, in this situation, you're, you, like I said, you're counting on these guys. And so, you know, some of the issues that cropped up throughout the year or whether it's stuff that Doug Armstrong talked about with, you know, he thinks they uh, are more concerned with how their Instagram looks than how they performed in the game. You know, I think those things become issues. So uh, that's my answer to your question is the last 10 years or so, all that success, those older guys who understood the culture were the guys in the key positions. And now that's flip-flopped a little bit. Jeremy Rutherford is our guest here on 101 ESPN. JR, I asked this question of Doug Armstrong when we talked with him yesterday. And for anybody that missed the conversation, I thought I thought it was an interesting one. Uh, you can check it out on the podcast page, 101ESPN.com. The free 101 ESPN app is where you can go to find it. I said, is it fair to describe the, the next era of Blues hockey as it's going to come down to whether or not Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas take the step that they're counting upon from those two players? He pushed back a little bit and basically said, like, hey, we've always been a sum of our parts type of a team. And I think that's fair to say. But when you're paying those guys a combined sixteen and a half million dollars, you need more than what we saw from them this past year. And those contracts officially kick in this upcoming season. How would you describe the importance of those two players, both on the ice and off the ice, taking that next step for them in 2023 and beyond? Yeah, BK, first of all, great interview by you guys. Uh, I was taking notes. I texted Army afterwards. I told him, good interview, and I <laughs> said, thanks. So uh, i got to learn how to ask better questions, and uh, so I got it from you guys. BK so, will help you um, out, JR. He's yeah, we'll, the best we'll show you what to do here, JR. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the help. Uh, no, I understand where Army's been coming doing from. been this for 25 when... years. He's taking notes from us. Get out of here. <laughs> I understand where Army's coming from, where he says that uh, they've always been uh, some of their parts. But, 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 but there haven't always been two guys like these young guys paid eight million a year next year. And you know there have been you know, whether you have uh, Bacchus or you have Shen or you have O'Reilly, you have all these guys making six, six, five, seven. I think it's fair to say that uh, when you're in that kind of situation. Well, now it's different. Now the cap hasn't gone up. Now you've uh, allotted a large portion of your salary cap to these young guys. And sure, they can perform well, and Cairo can score you 37 goals, but it's the personality, it's the attitude, it's the work ethic. Like, that's what everybody talked about in these exit interviews that wasn't there. And if your top players don't have it, it's just not going to drip down to the rest of your team. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys on your team who are resentful uh, that maybe some of these players got paid and they're not putting in the time, they're not putting in the work. And, and I'm not saying that's the case with both these guys. I'm just trying to paint the picture of what could be the situation if you have your uh, team built around these two guys. And I think that's what the situation is right now. So I understand what Army's saying about uh, they've always been built that way. But to me, when I look at it, this is a different dynamic than we've seen the last 10 years. On that topic, JR, I've gotten this question so many times throughout this season, and I'm just going to ask it to you bluntly. Do you feel like this team can take the step towards being competitive in the playoffs with a Jordan Cairo on the roster? I think they can. I've seen a lot of young players. I mean, you look at Tarasenko when he was young, and, and you know he needed to mature. I remember covering a David Braun when he was young. And he needed to mature. And I think that's the situation with Kyrou. Nobody can sit here and guarantee that he's going to get there and he's going to get to that point. Uh, and who knows if he does, uh, does it happen next year? Does it happen in, in three years? I think if you had to sit down and write down a list of the top five things that have to happen this year for the Blues to be able to move forward and take that next step, you know, write, write down all you want that they need to trade a defenseman. Write down all you want that the special teams need to be better. My number one thing, and I'm going to touch on it in an article tomorrow in The Athletic, is Jordan Cairo has to get it. He's just got to get it. So I don't know if that's going home and 
sitting on a lake and, and fishing and realizing, hey, a lot of these people are saying this about me that I need to, you know, respond this way. You know, he doesn't have to listen to everybody and listen to the outside world. He's got to take it upon himself. But at some point, it has to come from within him that he's going to be the player that puts in the work and he's a good teammate and he's part of this thing moving forward if he's going to become that player. He can be that guy who scores 40, 50 goals, 100 points, you know, ESPN every night, Instagram, everything, all that stuff. But he's got to realize the situation that's in front of him, and I don't think he's done that yet. You know, I'm glad you said that, Jer, because Amelie Benjamin of NHL.com had a really good piece talking about Vince Dunn, and, you know, she talked with him one-on-one, and Dunn told her that I had some things happen in my life in the offseason that I spent that offseason thinking about, man, I'm lucky to be doing what I'm doing right now. Now, different scenario, because Vince Dunn's having a career year going into a contract conversation with where he's an RFA, and Cairo, of course, has gotten paid, but the amount of people I've seen that have said, well, go get a Ryan O'Reilly and bring him back because that's the leader that you could put in, or go get a Jonathan Taves. He's a leader that you could put in the locker room to get Jordan Kyrou's head on straight. I don't believe bringing in somebody from the outside is going to make Jordan Kyrou that type of player. It's going to be more on Jordan Kyrou figuring out how to be that type of player. I've got all the respect in the world for Ryan O'Reilly and those other names, obviously, that you mentioned too, Taves, whoever. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, with all due respect to him, was on this roster this year and couldn't get through to him. And and so, you know, when you when you bring up a Vince Dunn, yeah, I covered Vince Dunn. We both did. And he was here and he went through some of the similar things. Obviously different position. You know, he's not counted on to score thirty five goals. Uh, but he lacks some maturity too. And look what is he now, so twenty five, twenty six years old. So it took him a couple of years. And I think, you know, the possibility, as I said a second ago, that Jordan Cairo can get there. But you know, it, it all goes back to him, like you said there at the end. You know, O'Reilly sitting in the room with him, he can talk to him all he want. And O'Reilly's had a, a great uh, impact on a lot of people. You know, Pat Maroon was struggling, struggling, was getting ready to get waived by the St. Louis Blues. Ryan O'Reilly and his dad, Brian O'Reilly, were talking to Pat Maroon a lot, and they helped him out. But it came from within Pat to say, I'm going to block out all this stuff, and I'm just going to work hard, and I'm going to be better. And now he's sitting here with three cups. So it is possible. But if we talk about Jordan Cairo becoming a success story, it's not because he's had Ryan O'Reilly or somebody in his ear. It's because he realized that I can be a star in this league if I listen to my coaches, listen to my GM, and, and just kind of put all this together. JR, final question that I've got for you, and thanks so much for the time as always today. Uh, we appreciate it. People can find that column, by the way, that you're writing over on The Athletic, at The Athletic, or they can follow you on Twitter, at JP Rutherford. Uh, JR mentioned that, that that piece is going to be out tomorrow. As I was watching the games last night, all I could think about was, man, specifically the Western Conference ones, Wild Stars and then Kings Oilers. I don't know how much more talented these teams are than the Blues. And I know that sounds weird to say, but as I was watching especially the Wild versus the Stars, I think the Blues are more talented than either of those two teams that are still playing from the Central Division. The problem is those teams play with some desperation, like the the way that they play, the defensive minded forwards that they have, it looked different than anything that I've seen from the Blues all year. And it reminded me of watching the Blues in previous seasons where it was that full like the sum is greater than the parts. And the question that I wanted to ask you with this, as you watched last night, if you were able to watch much of it or if you just watch any of the other teams around the league that are legitimate contenders right now, what do you see from them that is missing from the Blues right now? Yeah, I think you know. I think the Blues have talent. Uh, obviously, they've got some different pieces they probably need to move around to put themselves talent-wise 
I think, on, on the same page as, as some of these teams that we watched last night. You know, so I want to say this, that, you know, what we watched last night, it's just amazing. I mean, I love watching playoff hockey, and that was just a terrific sacrifice. That, that's the thing, the team, the sacrifice. What are the Blues missing? You know, they've got the talent. I'm transcribing a Craig Bruby interview from that exit interview the other day. And, and so I think when you hear him say it live in the room, it's one thing, but then you type it into your computer a couple of days later and, and you kind of hear these things again. And he was just saying on my tape recorder here, he's saying, we've got to have the want defensively. It's not going down and making a turnover. Let's just use Cairo as an example. You know, Connor McDavid goes down and makes turnovers, but how bad do you want to turn around and get back and help out your teammate or whether it be jump in front of a shot and help that teammate? That's what we saw last night. So yeah, maybe those teams aren't that much more talented than the blues, but we saw players last night who were willing to sacrifice. Of course, you're going to see that in playoff hockey. It's different than a blues team down the stretch. That's out of the playoffs. We're not comparing those two situations, but the blues don't have that right now. And are they going to get it this summer? Are they going to bring it into camp next year? That's the big question. Is this team going to become a team? Cause we, we didn't see it. And I think that's the biggest thing if they're missing right now. Really good stuff, JR. Appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk with you again next week. Enjoy yourself watching this playoff hockey. Last night was unbelievably entertaining and I'm exhausted from watching it up until like (laughs) 2 a.m. We'll talk to you again soon, buddy. All right, see you boys. Thanks. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.